It's a super film cast. 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 Super film cast. Super film cast. Super to super to super to super to films. It's beautiful. Thanks. Now this is podcasting. What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Super Films Cast 64. It is another week, and we have another episode, and we have uh, Blake Ball. Blake, how you doing? Progressively getting better. Oh, no. Well, I guess that's good you're getting better, but <laughs> yeah. just it's make it sound so better. sad. Yeah, yeah. I gotta keep the vibes low. Vibes low just so you can shoot high. Yeah. We got Jay King. How you doing? What's up? Anytime, <laughs> sorry, anytime you say... Blake Ball, it just confuses me because in high school I went to, uh, I had a friend named Blake Bell. Mm, so I hate that guy. Blake Bell and Blake Ball, <laughs> it confuses me so much. I just want to say Blake. Me and he, we got beef, me and that guy. <laughs> we got, Blake we got, Balls is what I think of. I haven't seen him since high school. Yeah. And we have a very <laughs> special <laughs> guest. This is a first time we've had a guest in a very long time. Whoa. First time we've had a guest for the new podcast. Mm-hmm. This is my first guest. This is your first guest. Uh, Andrew Valenza. Andrew, is that right? Valenza? That is correct. Not thank Val- you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Now, Andrew is a, a TikToker. Is that correct? Yeah, TikToker. TikToker. Instagrammer. You do, uh, all that stuff. <laughs> you do crazy dances on TikTok, right? Oh, I'd, I'd rather... Um, never mind. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> you go out in public on the like metro and do dances. Yeah, he does people. the the Fortnite dances like the kids do. Uh, no, I'd rather I, do things that would get me kicked off of TikTok than do that. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. Now, Andrew uh, is a buddy of mine. He does very good content about uh, physical media, about films, movies, but ma- mainly focusing on physical media. Andrew, how big is your DVD collection, or your just your collection in general? It's not just DVDs. So, yeah, so it's I have everything from uh, Super 8 reels to mm-hmm. 4K discs. Uh, the only thing I don't have, honestly, is, well, there's two formats. I don't have Betamax, and I found a format that was literally like uh, Mission Impossible style, uh, self-destructing tapes Okay. Um, that I needed to get. But, uh, no, I've got Super 8 reels, Laserdisc, VHS, DVD, Superbit. Um Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, do you have the uh, HD DVD, the one that the red one? Yeah, the red one. (laughs) So those I've been trying to get. I used to work at a video store, and in the back room, my boss had a ton of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, She wasn't selling them or anything, so I was trying to just get them off her hands. She didn't know what to do with them, but uh, she never came around to it. Um, One day I will, just for the collector value. But I just did a recount or reorganization, so. I haven't like added the numbers up all together for a total, but I know I'm I'm now past two thousand two hundred and twenty. And if uh, you go on his channel, it's uh, at AV Collection, right? Or AV Collecting. AV Collecting. AV Collecting. It's this uh, massive, just a massive, uh, just shelves and shelves, and uh, just very nicely placed and nicely organized. And you know, you you do you. Talk about your collection. You talk about what you've collected. You also also do reviews of movies as well. You can talk about the movies you like, review them. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So, so I don't I don't often do reviews. If a movie really sticks out to me yeah. in a good or bad way, I'll speak on it. Like right. if I did a review, for, if you want a review of every movie I watched, go to Letterbox. But um, no, there are some movies that just really jump out of the TV, mm-hmm. and whether it's for like pure art or just pure entertainment or some weird in-between effect it has on me um that more especially movies that i wouldn't call them cult films but movies that have just gone under the radar Mm -hmm. um that need more appreciation Mm -hmm. and um so yeah just what's your process during the week i guess because you tend to put out a lot of stuff very very often like do you have is it kind of when inspiration comes to you or is it like, hey, I need to put out this many videos a day or this Tell many a week? Mind. Like, um, how, do you have a schedule or how do you or how do you kind of? So 
really the only thing I would have that I could call a schedule is I I try to just put stuff out uh, in the evening. Okay. Um, that's usually the time that most people are getting on um, online, mm-hmm. checking their social media. Um, that's really the extent of the, you know, I guess content creation I go to. I I try not to be, and I'm I'm not saying this is step on toes. I try not to be somebody that's just like putting stuff out for the sake of putting stuff out to right. keep the algorithm flowing. I would like to have enough ideas to keep a steady stream of it. Yeah. Because of course, yeah. At the end of the day, I still want to get my my message out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to do like three videos a day. Yeah. Because when I first started, I just had so much that I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Now I've gotten to the point where I, I've kind of found what it is that I what means the most to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can't get something out every day, that's great. I'm not going to force myself to. Mm-hmm. But some days, um, if I'm just alone at the house, I'll spend an hour just one thing after the next will just come up come to mind. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a whole month ready to go. Yeah, so. from your content, I could, de- or from your videos, I could definitely tell it it comes from a place of passion, not so much a uh, a thing of we need to just churn out you know stuff so that that's what i've i've enjoyed about it 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 comes from it, a love of collecting it is funny though cuz uh once in a while the one thing that i will do is just like ah, i should just put something up mm-hmm. so the video the other night of like mine and lexi's collection that joke of like merging the collections yeah that was just we were about to get in bed i saw the i heard the audio i was like this could be funny yeah and i didn't do anything today so i might as well right um and then overnight um blew up it's crazy how things just blow up on on that app because i mean i posted a whole bunch of my old videos on there months ago like i just cut them up and a few of them i there's like one i cut up into three parts and one of the parts just exploded and i think i know why it's because i might have made a factual error and so every comment was telling me there was an error and so it like oh the engagement's up that's the what is that Murphy's law? I'm sorry, <laughs> mess up on purpose. Yeah, this video showed up in my algorithm the other day, and I didn't even realize. It was really? This, yeah, it was this accountant. Oh, really? Related to it and everything. Like, yeah, I saw this video. Okay. And I just went and looked at it, and I was like, oh my god, that was like two nights ago. That, or, uh, yeah, I need. So you saw Andrew's ago. video? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. That's Without so even funny. knowing it was his. That's funny. That is funny. Uh, I, was, so, sorry. Go no, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say just this morning somebody commented one of. Uh, my girl, my fiance's. Yeah, congratulations! Um, like, by uh, the way, yeah, thank you. Uh, my fiance's, uh, one of her gamer friends, mm-hmm. um, and just commented, "Oh my gosh, Lexi, is that you?" <laughs> it showed up to show up on her page. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah, it's um, the internet. It's probably and, uh, got... because you liked the video, Trey, and it ended up in my probably yeah because we engage back and forth and. TikTok just be stealing your data. You know, J- uh, the Jay know, likes to send me know. Family Guy videos constantly. <laughs> I do because you just ridicule me for liking Family Guy. I don't. So now at this point, I've turned it into a joke. And now they won't stop showing up in my I know. page. So it's kind of a problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still want to get I want to get you and my roommate Michael in a room and just have y'all watch Family Guy nonstop because oh he loves Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. Family Guy used to be so great. Genuinely, it used to be genuinely so great. Yes. Yeah. I was watching like season four and five episodes. I wasn't watching any of the new seasons. Oh, season four was the best. Yeah. Right before it got canceled. Yeah. That that era where it was like every few episodes got banned, like the when you wish upon a Jew, and then there was <laughs> oh, uh, yes. there was an abortion episode. Uh, that were that was highly censored and we're like that because that was the era where they're just like we got canceled once what's the worst that could happen mm-hmm. so they just threw everything they had at the wall <laughs> what are they gonna do cancel us again yeah and yeah <laughs> honestly he would probably welcome that yeah yeah that, you wear that like yeah, a badge of honor because that's why when this it came point, back people are like oh my god you know, yeah I was going to say, I think at that point, too, is right when American Dad was taking off. So he's like, if it got canceled, well, I'm working on another show. Yeah, I got Steve and Stan. Well, the whole the thing is, this is actually a great way. Like, If, if this is the topic of the discussion, this is a great way to, to start it. Because sure. the reason Family Guy came back was because of physical media sales. Um, it didn't do too hot when it was on the air the first three seasons. Got canceled after season three. But mm-hmm. people were starting to pick up those seasons on DVD. And that's when it started to explode. Um, 
And so because of the DVD sales, Fox was like, all right, we, uh, we need to keep this money train going. That's what started my love for it, actually. Is my, all my, my older brother had all the first three and four seasons on DVD, so I would take them from his room when he was gone. And that's how <laughs> I watched them all. Yeah, we didn't have cable. Yeah. So I, that's yeah. how I watched it, and then it became on Adult Swim and stuff later. So like my love for it started because it was the only thing I really had to watch, and I thought, you know, hey, I'm not supposed to be watching this. Yeah, this is bad. It feels dirty. Yeah. But I exactly the oh, same so for good. me and my dad's copies. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, even before the conversation, we were talking about just like not even just finding, discovering movies and shows, but just the special features that come with it. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's the big thing that's lost with, you know, streaming is like the, the Lord of the Rings uh, extended edition DVDs with yep. all those appendices. And I mean, yeah. hell, even like watching the American Pie. And I, I know American Pie, you don't think of great special features, but like that's like. Where I, I learned about how, storyboarding. How he put his penis in there. <laughs> yeah. How to get it in there. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, like, where I learned about storyboarding. Like, watching those special features. Like, oh, that's how you make a movie. That's how you you yep. kind of put together a movie. Is you have these storyboards and these plot lines. And, oh, this plot line doesn't work here, so we're going to move this scene here. And it was like, oh, that's very fascinating. Well, you know? even the uh, South Park DVDs, too. Watching how Trey Stone and Matt Parker put all that together. Or did I get Wait a minute. You got them all. Yeah. You Matt got Stone, Trey yeah. Parker. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I get that. Uh, so is there another South Park that yeah, I don't right? know about? The, yeah, the evil twins. Uh, but like watching their behind the scenes and the process and them filming it, it's it's so awesome to see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. well, well, yeah, like that the, Seven Days to Air thing. That yeah, they did. yeah. There's a what what I grew up with too was my dad raised me on George Lucas. So in the box sure. sets for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, they would have just an entirely extra disc at like case for the bonus materials, which was just days worth of of extra footage and breakdowns behind the scenes stuff and i would spend endless hours watching that mm-hmm. i'm so happy you mentioned that because literally five minutes before we hopped on this we were talking about how like there's no special features anymore and i literally said yeah. my favorite thing were the south or the the star wars ones with an entirely separate disc in addition to the mm-hmm. movie and that that was just yeah, as long as the yeah, movie yeah mm-hmm. so that made me super happy that you just said that made me feel validated it made me feel heard <laughs> you're welcome it's also why <laughs> well I, that's what's Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, that's what's great about, again, collecting boutique stuff like uh, Criterion Collection, Arrow, Shout Factory. They, their stuff is always packed with archival bonus features, like interviews from back when they were filming it, as well as stuff so, made for the modern releases. So I, I'm a collector, too. I have about 1,100 yeah, have DVDs. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just uh, like over a little over 1,000, and it's DVDs and Blu-rays. Mine got my collection got started because I was going to like half price books and there was getting mm-hmm. the markdown ones that were like a dollar, two dollars. And I just started buying up movies because like, I like this movie, so I want to watch it. I want to I want to keep it around it's before like Netflix and all them really took off. And yeah. I was like, I want this. And it was super cheap. So then I started going to pawn shops and things like that. And I would find almost brand new DVDs for people selling them two, three dollars. And so that's how my collection really started. How did how did you get started with yours? Um, so kind of similar. It was when I was in a, well, I remember, I, I mean, I always loved movies as a kid. My dad raised me on, on movies mm-hmm. and his brothers. Um, but between ninth and, t- uh, eighth and ninth grade, uh, I got a gift card for FYE. Oh like, yeah. No, I, well, I got it for Christmas and I just sat on it for months cause I had no idea what FYE was. Um, really my knowledge of movies came from just what was under the TV, um, at my house. And over the summer, we just, my dad took me. I didn't know what to get. So I just grabbed three random things uh, Black Hawk Down, like a really cool DVD uh, set. Uh, that, Die Hard 2, and Interview with the Vampire, my first Blu ray. Um, three no, very similar cool. movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, that wasn't my first Blu ray, but that was yeah. the first one I bought for myself. And I was just like, I heard good things about these movies. And yeah. except for Die Hard 2, that one was just fun. Um, and after that, uh, I was like, I didn't even start there, but that was my first appearance. And then after I got my first job, I was like, wait, I have money now. I can go back to FYE. I can do, I can try some more stuff. And then I just became addicted. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, like in high school and college when you're getting that like oh, 725 yeah. an hour and you go blow it all on movies. Man, mm-hmm. I, I remember that. I used to have a big collection back in high school, early college, and then it just started depleting. But 
Yeah, it would be, you know, weekend, Friday night, go to movie training company and buy like 10 DVDs, you know, watch six of them, order uh, Pizza Hut, watch a bunch of movies and just, yeah, just had this huge collection. The, the way I was like bargain shopping for those two, I would buy movies that I heard, you know, probably mm-hmm. weren't very good or anything like that. But I was like, cool, I can make my own opinion and see it for two dollars. Uh-huh. And if I don't like it, I still have the DVD yeah. and I can show it to people or let someone borrow it. It was always cool to be like, yeah, I'm I'm blockbuster over here. If you want to sure. see it, I more than likely yeah. have it. Yeah, I'll let you rent it. Uh, I will say even especially whenever blockbuster kind of went the wayside and there was always still like family video around hollywood video don't forget the yeah yeah that's true i had but like we didn't have like where i grew up there was no like movie trading company Mm -hmm. like there now there's one uh, two blocks away from where both me and trey live but i didn't have that so i was relying mostly my little brother was too on like the two three four five dollar bid at walmart and we would just pick out like same deal i'd have a little bit of money in my pocket and i don't call myself a collector, but I definitely have a good amount of DVDs just from that. Yeah. Um, and I would also get um, – because at the time, I was more interested in just having access to the movie rather than, like, you know, having a the specific movie case with all the footage and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. So I'd get those collections that were, like, three movies in one disc. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, or, like, I, had, I got one for $5. It was – the like Bill Murray seven, collection. Yeah, it was like, like seven that. classic 70s movies that I hadn't seen. I was like, cool. And I've seen them, and I like Taxi Driver was on, though, and stuff like that. Um, so it's cool. And then now I'm – or then I uh, moved into kind of falling in love with, like, the case artwork and, like, yeah. the front, the back, reading about it, and then getting into, like, the special feature stuff as well. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. I, I definitely have – there's a, that the $5 bin at Walmart. Mm-hmm. It's always – it was – Nothing organized. I we'd spend hours digging in there, yeah. and then we would find something like. I'm trying to think, like, um, I can't even think of anything at the, off the top of my head. But then, yeah, like the a little whole, uh, holy grail deal in there. So that's my little probably story. the hardest, uh, the worst thing for me for my collecting was uh, I joined the army. Um, That'll I joined do it. Seventeen. Yeah, I joined at seventeen, <laughs> so um, I was making a ton of money. And didn't have any like adult bills or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so awesome. when I was in training, I was in training for like eight months after basic training. Um, and I was the guy in the barracks that was just buying all these Blu-rays and everything. So it would always be like everybody coming together, borrowing my movies, watching them together in the day room. And then since I was still like I was making full-time combat pay mm-hmm. um, and still no real bills at home, I was only 20. 20, 21 years old. Now I see why those uh, kids just finished chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got no yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> Gee, exactly the charger it. or the movies. <laughs> yeah, what? but uh, so that's when I started being like, okay, I can buy the expensive stuff now. So I started getting all the imports of like the huge box sets. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Predator bus that I've got and everything. So that was pretty dangerous for me. <laughs> what are some? Uh, I know we have a questionnaire for you, and I think I have. What we're uh, just, I know one of the questions was about, and we can maybe get into that, uh, was about um, what's your favorite movie in your collection. But I, I guess what are your favorite, like, what are some of the most impressive sets you have? Or I know those Evil Dead ones are really cool that you like to show off on your live streams. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what are so, some of your yeah favorite ones or mo- most rare ones? So so those Evil Dead sets, I have uh, those are the first two movies. They're the Necronomicon. Yeah. Um, those are cool because they've got the actual pages, you know, the designs from the movie and everything. Mm-hmm. I've got three or four technically uh, busts. Um, I've got the Planet of the Apes, Caesar in his war paint, which is terrifying on first glance because the way it's it's painted in, with such incredible detail mm-hmm. uh, and angled downward with the eyes looking up, so it's just haunting. Uh, the Terminator skull, the Predator sc- uh, head. Uh, I love those, but what I was going to show off, actually, I've got from 2004 the Spider-Man 2 uh, collector's DVD gift set. Okay. Um, I th- I think that's the first Sam DVD. Theme here. <laughs> oh, tra- yeah. This, this, uh, oh, yeah. So There's tell nothing them, wrong with that. I love Tell them how you met Lexi. So <laughs> If you want to share. I think you've shared it before. I'd love so, yeah. to. I'd okay, love yeah, to share yeah, yeah. it. I think it's hysterical. Okay. Um, <laughs> part of this actually came out of my time because of the army. So... Um, when I was in Kuwait, uh, I was really bored a lot, um, but I had a Spider-Man costume that I would wear around post, just <laughs> in the middle of the desert, Spider-Man. 
Um, and I'm a photographer. All the guys I worked with were photographers. So they were, you know, getting cool photos of me. Um, and when I got home, uh, I made a Tinder account as Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> I had like one, maybe two photos of my actual face. But like the name was Spider-Man. The bio was, you know, just friend of the neighborhood uh, Spider-Man. Uh, even my job in it was a photographer, which is true to real life. So it just kind of fit well. Um, and my fiance now, she was thankfully on Tinder, but she had just got gotten out of relationship with a guy named Andrew who had uh, joined the army. So she was swiping left on everybody named Andrew and everybody in the army. <laughs> <laughs> and I snuck in under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and she, she was kind of, I wouldn't say upset is the right word at first, but definitely taken, taken a bet. But thankfully, uh, Spider-Man is chilling on yeah. Tinder. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and you also have a bit about Spider-Man 2 on your channel where, or Spider-Man yes. 3, I'm sorry, Spider-Man 3. So the running jag, on, jag, the running, um, gag on my channel is a 24 hour Spider-Man 3 marathon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, it stemmed from the fact that it's it's one of those movies where uh, you do either love it or hate it, but just because there's I don't I I understand the criticism for it. It's not as great as Spider Man Two, but I it's so it gets more hate in the Sam Raimi way, and I love it. Yeah, no, that's why I, I love it. I enjoy it. So I saw that for the first time a few years ago. I, I hadn't seen it. Uh, when it came out, I'm like, oh, this isn't bad at all. This is pretty fun. I, I still think a lot of people just don't get Sam Raimi's camp. Yeah. And I was like, that's well, just how it, he is. It's not, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, yes, there's definitely some true Sam Raimi camp in it. Um, and I was just watching like uh, the cast and crew talk about the most infamous scenes. Right. The Saturday Night Fever strut and uh, <laughs> the jazz scene. And they were actually genuinely, like, they, they loved that stuff. Uh, they they understood the criticism, but they were just having fun with it. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, like, it's not a great movie. Um, doesn't even compare to the first two. Right. But it's not terrible either. There's some of the best superhero movie stuff ever filmed in Spider-Man Three, um, and it's everything to do with uh, Sandman in that. That um, Sandman transformation scene is really awesome. Like it's a very it, yeah. yeah oh yeah, it's beautiful. But for me. Well, it's the visuals are one thing; they're phenomenal. But then, mostly, it's the bit where he tries to grab the locket. Mm -hmm. um, there's a deleted scene where he shows up at a playground as a sandcastle, so he can see his daughter again. Oh, and it, it's it's heartbreaking. But I wish they kept it in because it's so good. Um, and then the whole the resolution of the film is incredibly powerful with Peter seeing him face to face, wanting to destroy this man and with tears in his eyes is finally able to just be like all right i forgive you it's it's incredibly moving i absolutely love it um i just wish it wasn't so weighed down by the terrible pacing and venom right do you know the story about sam raimi's car kind of i i know I, that his car appears and everything yeah and i came across that like i think a week ago or something i saw bruce campbell's story and how he puts all of his his car in all yeah. of his movies because that's the car he lost his virginity in. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, that's the part. That. That's what Bruce Campbell said. That's the car. And now, like, they've messed with it so much. Like, at one point, Bruce Campbell, I think, purposefully put dents and stuff in it because they were tired of it. And then Sam Raimi just got it re restored and brought it back to the next movie. Oh, man. And that was, that was the car Uncle Ben was sitting in in the first Spider-Man yeah. movie. And I'm going back and I'm like, oh, I've seen this car so many times and didn't even realize it. And then also thinking, I was like, oh, and know what happened in the back seat yeah. probably now. <laughs> so now I know what happened with Uncle Ben in the front seat having a meaningful talk with peter you know and then what party really in the back seat you know? oh yeah uh, i'm thinking they happen i'm, the I'm sure if uncle ben took him in the back seat it would have been a very different <laughs> <laughs> very different yes um, let's so we got this uh survey and uh or this uh we did this <laughs> a few years ago like 2020 uh films of your lives this is a muser's bit we stole uh jay yes for the bands of your yeah, life. bands of your life but this isn't a music podcast 
and uh, I want to do this more with more guests. But since we're start, we're talking about your collection, um, and I think you just answered it right with your uh, Spider-Man two collection. But the let's just start with the last two questions. These are just a bunch of questions to get to know you, Andrew. Okay. Uh, favorite movie in your collection and most rare movie in your collection. Okay, so favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, that that is Spider-Man Two. Okay. Um, no movie has ever had. I I'd say Star Wars has had a bigger impact on my life, but no movie has so cut me to the core as Spider-Man Two. Uh, for many reasons, it is very important to me. Obviously, that's how I met my fiance. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um, but and as far as one of the one of the big things about Spider-Man Two, um, thankfully I cannot. Uh, relate in this exact way but it's a movie about ptsd um sure a yeah. lot of my um time in college my whole senior thesis was about ptsd uh and different methods of therapy for it so it's something that hits very close to home but the way spider-man 2 as one a sam raymond movie where camp and corniness is expected um and also the fact that it's a superhero movie is able to deal with these themes so incredibly well um and and seriously, um, it's a movie about a guy struggling with, you know, the post-traumatic stress of losing his father figure, uh, feeling the guilt for mer- uh, for his best friend's dad and not being able to be open with anybody. Uh, his body is physically changing in ways that he cannot control. He's having flashbacks to traumatic events throughout the film and his body's failing him. Um, it's It's genuinely terrifying to watch, but then the heroic aspect of him overcoming it, finding a way to live with it, adapt to it, and still be a strong hero that the world can depend on is beautiful character storytelling. I'll never forget when that DVD came out because that was on November 30th when that DVD came out. My birthday is on December 1st, and we were at the store, and I convinced my dad to buy it the day before for my birthday. Nice. And we stayed up till 1 a.m. watching it, and I was like, eight maybe and i'll never forget because i got to stay up late and watch spider-man 2 happy birthday yeah right that was the greatest <laughs> birthday gift ever yes i that's a fantastic movie i am with you for uh best of all time on that that's a that's I, a very I unique uh look at it yes. I, I i i like those unique kind of perspectives of a movie like that where it's like oh yeah no that makes total sense that's really a yeah it's a very unique perspective um no it's uh and and on top of that it is just as for like yeah. as it is a great action movie with like almost no action. Like if you actually look at the runtime, like compare it, there's so much more character stuff going yeah. on than action. But Time the action, the yeah. But the action when it does show up, it hits so hard and mm-hmm. so well that you don't even notice it's not even an action movie. Yeah. Um, like pretty much, it's it's a perfect movie. I love everything about it, uh, especially the video game tie-in. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that was, was so great. Mm. What's yeah. the uh, most rare movie in your collection? Um, so I got two. I'll I'll speak very briefly on because, sure. uh, but because it's double sided. One is like rarest and like it's genuinely hard to find for a popular movie or so. That's my Arrow Video, uh, Buckaroo Bonsai Blu-ray. Um, it's been hard to even find good pictures of it online. Okay. Um. At least when I bought it, uh, when I bought it, uh, it was like I found a good price, only forty dollars for it used, um, and I was very, very intoxicated uh, one night, and I decided to just bite the bullet <laughs> sure. and get it. And I'm glad I did because the next morning it was it doubled in price. <laughs> um, but that, as far as rarity, and it's a fun movie. Um, but as far as movies, like probably literally nobody's heard of, um, this is a bit of a cheat. Uh, I have this movie, a DVD called Karen or Bust. Um, years ago, I was seeing this girl, and she was telling me she was in a movie filmed locally, and I wanted to check it out. I wanted to be supportive, and it's like one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, Worse than The Room? It was... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and since it was a local guy, it wasn't like a big studio thing, um, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I saw your movie. I, I, I lied, and I was like, I, re- I enjoyed it. Yeah, I loved uh, it. You got to butter him up, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I was like a lot of stuff for this so he asked me and and i am an editor um because this guy he worked for a very small budget he did like everything on his own writing directing mm-hmm. editing and it's like i i'd like to see if i could rework it and maybe help you work on your film 
wasn't the best idea in hindsight. It's like, wow, that's mm-hmm. kind of a rude thing to do. Um, <laughs> but he was, he was down for it. Yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see what you could do with it. So I reworked it just like the first half hour and a few additional scenes retouched, like redid the coloring, uh, trimmed some scenes, reworked some dialogue. Oh, wow. And even just after like a day's worth, I took out like 11 minutes of just redundant or unnecessary footage. Mm-hmm. And I showed him just the the first, the new first 15 minutes. And he's like, I didn't notice anything different. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just doesn't pay attention. Because I cut out a lot. Yeah. Uh, just to just to tighten up the story, make it flow better. You, you know, um, though, when you're in the when you're in the weeds with that stuff, like you just you you need that second person to like be like, this is needs to cut, and then it'll be like, yeah, it probably was like, oh, this feels a lot better because I I, I did a video for my channel. It's a stupid, dumb video about the beer pong video game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, making that, oh, this is hilarious. And then I watch it five years later, and I'm like, this video is 10 minutes long. It feels like it's 30 minutes long. <laughs> yep. So, like, yeah, it's it's he probably is seeing it the way it probably works well. And what, whereas when he did it, it was like, this all sounds good. You think yeah. your, your shit smells great. Well, that's, that's cool, why though. collaboration is so important. I yeah. mean, I, I feel the same way about the Indiana Jones video I did when I posted. I was like, yeah, I think I did a good job with this. And then. Even just months later, I looked back. I was like, "Wow, I should touch that up a whole lot more." <laughs> yeah. uh, let's let's go with uh, some of these other questions on the survey. Um, all right, all right. Uh, movie that you hate: The Thin Red Line. Okay, so I've saw Communism. that a long time ago. I thought it was about firemen. Um, no, right, it's it's a it's a it's a war movie. It's uh, what's the director again? Um, uh, oh, Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick. So. What what's your reasoning for not liking Thin Red Line? I don't have an opinion, but I I, I want to know your reasoning. Um. Okay. So obviously, not every war movie needs to be the same. Not every war movie needs to be like big action and spectacle and right. you know, Oscar bait, death scenes. And and I also that. like this choice because I think it would be very easy to say something like the you know a, a bad movie, but I I like hey, a good movie that movie. you hate. You know. Well, so there are plenty of. There's plenty of uh, bad movies that I love. Right. Uh, honestly, the the worst crime a movie can make is to make it uh, forgettable. Okay. Um, and and that's the thin red line. I mean, I I remember it because of how much was of it was just a waste of time. Right. Um, but it's one of the. It was a. Uh, it was a uh, an ego film. It was. It's you know it's a remake of a movie based on a book of like a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Somewhere in there, they they filmed like a ten hour movie and then like focused on I think it was Jim Caviezel's character that the focus on no it was focused on Adrian Brody's character mm-hmm. in the original cut, um and in the final cut he's barely in the movie at all, um it it tries it's so pretentious it tries so hard to be an introspective look on the meaning of war and death mm-hmm. and all this stuff, but it's just so hollow, uh, and empty. It's it says nothing. It's just it thinks it's better than everything else because it's Terrence Malick, and he's he takes his time and he gets to the core of what it means to be human. But he does it in all the wrong ways, where you just seem like an asshole. <laughs> I I've not seen t- I've saw I think bits of Tree of Life. I've not seen too many of Terrence Malick's stuff, but I've been wanting to, and I'm, so, I'd be interested to rewatching. So come off as like holier than thou type. Yeah, it's it's very it's he is the epitome of the Criterion Collection. <laughs> what is uh? It's, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's just uh yeah. I I was so happy for that movie to be over, and I feel like I gained absolutely nothing from okay. it. I'm gonna put you on the spot uh, with two new questions. What is one, your favorite war movie, and and maybe two. I don't know if it's the same answer. We ask this to everyone. What's though, yeah? What's the most? <laughs> I think if, from your experiences, the most realistic. It might be the same um, answer, but yeah. So no, no, it's, it's two different answers, okay. and the second one will probably be more interesting. So my favorite war film is a uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Okay, love that um, one. Andrew Garfield. Me too. Oh yeah, um, I I'm totally biased. Because Desmond Doss is one of my favorite human beings to ever live. Um, I absolutely love his story. Mm-hmm. The movie, it's weird because the movie is one of those situations where, like, 
Hollywood exaggerates a lot of stuff, so makes it more exciting. But Hollywood, they had to dumb down Desmond Doss in Taxar Ridge because what he did in real life was was so incredible that nobody would even believe it on film. Um, it, has anybody not? Has anybody true. seen the movie? Yeah, I'm, I'm has not anybody seen not it, seen yeah. it? I, not seen I saw haven't. it when it first came out, and I haven't seen it since. But okay, well, boy, it did get me pumped up when I watched it. I was like, "Man, I can run through a freaking brick wall yeah, right now I can, dude. I can climb up that hill or that that thing." Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Um, well, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a there in real life. There was a bit towards the end before it all was over where he. I can't. I don't want to ruin it for you. Never mind. Just text <laughs> but it's, me, text it's a me real life it. story. It really yeah. happened. Trey. It's, okay. it's a true story. They're not, um, they're not embellishing it. All right. Yeah. If anything, um, they're taken away from the true story, yeah, from what they, I'm they, hearing. They took a lot away. The one thing that they left out, uh, probably intentionally, what was originally he did try to dodge the draft um, for for the same reason that he wouldn't carry on. He was a conscientious objector. But he turned around. He eventually did and left. It just, you know, means to an end. They still got the same product. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most realistic, um, this one, I it was a TV show, actually. Uh, miniseries. Uh, I didn't finish it because it was too realistic. Not because it was too gritty. It was hard to watch for me or anything. It's just Generation Kill. Okay. It's so goddamn boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's so realistic. Yeah. So that's um, the one right. uh, Jay and I, well, Jay works there still. I don't, but a radio station that we're at, uh, one of the guys, I know, I know you have mentioned you don't like it, uh, but, uh, his bro, I guess, like he is really into it, and I think his brother, who was also in, uh, I think he was a Marine, uh, Joe Kemp, is really was into it as well. But yeah, you're, but you're saying it is ultra realistic. Well, is it scripted or is it a documentary? No, it's it's, it's scripted. Oh, okay. Um, but so my brother showed me, yeah, because um, he loves the show. He's he's very very. We say it's, he's very cool. He's like army all the way. Okay. Um very big into military history and he showed me the first episode and it ended and like an hour later nothing had happened nothing progressed there was this mm-hmm. guy sitting around for an hour and he's like isn't that so good I'm like no nope. <laughs> like, no, i've like, already done this he's he's like yeah it's realistic and i was like i could film myself taking a poop and just because it's realistic doesn't mean it's good <laughs> Who wants to watch that? <laughs> There's some people but, who want to watch yeah, poop I'm videos. Just, I, I know a guy. <laughs> no, I mean some people like I. I get. I. I'm sure if you were right there in it, yeah, watching that and the uh, you know retold in narrative form in a TV, like you could definitely look back on it like, oh my gosh, I was there. Like, yeah, this is this brings me back, kind of entertainment. Mm-hmm. But for me, not my things. Okay. It's like a, um, a doctor not wanting to watch a doctor show, almost like it's it's or or I guess not really because that's more like they're getting it wrong, but it's just too too much of the of what you've been through. You've already seen it; you don't need to see it again. I think there's a fine line between realism and entertainment. Uh huh. Um, just like there's, yeah, uh, or like so like my one of my favorite my favorite TV show is Mash. Right. Um, because you're you're eighty years old. <laughs> I'm <yeah>. kidding. <laughs> it's like one of my no, brother's favorite shows yeah. too. Yeah, it, it's very real to military culture, but uh-huh. has enough uh, sense of mockery right. uh, and satire to make those military cliches and those those realisms of army life entertaining. Like it finds a way to make the dullness of the military seem fun and exciting while still being true to how ridiculous it all is. Fair enough. I should make my favorite show Frasier then. You should. Yeah, because you're a radio <laughs> guy. Yeah. Humorous side of radio. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, movie that you think Frasier's is movie. overrated. Um, so I lumped all this together because uh, I couldn't pick one. Okay. But I said the Criterion Collection. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's some good um, stuff on there, but it, it is such a vast collection. It's like cause there's so much just stuff on there. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so, oh, but go ahead I mean, with there is reason, plenty yeah. of stuff I love. But I was going to say, there's plenty of stuff that I do l- genuinely love from it. Princess Bride, Eraserhead, uh-huh. uh, it happened one night. But there was one I got, it was a, a double feature, Sans Soul and La Jette, um, the, the original 12 Monkeys. Yeah. Um, I bought it for the 12 Monkeys one, which is only like 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It's just a movie told with just actual photographs yeah. and voiceover. But then Sans Soul is 
it's ridiculous. It's just, it's shots of Japan and incoherent letters from some dude talking about how, not even how great Japan is, just talking about Japanese culture, but it it's nothing ties it together. It's just random babbling uh-huh. about things having to do with Japan. And it goes on for like two and a half hours. It's like, this is. I'm looking at the films in the uh, Criterion Collection, and Antichrist is in here, and I wish to never watch that film again. Well, Solos in it. I watched it once when I was a freshman in high school, and I was like, boy, I I really wish I hadn't watched that. That uh, 120 Days of Sodom's in there, too. I've avoided that one. Yeah, it's there's some weird stuff. Serbian film. That is like the limit I'd go to. Like I, I'll, I'll, I'll never watch a Serbian film. I don't, it just disgusts me, but Salo yeah. is right there on the line where it's like, I'm intrigued just enough, even with how disgusting it is. But, you never seen a blank? You know what it is? I've never heard of that. Well, I, and I didn't know word... about a Serbian film before we started this podcast. Oh, about skull either. fucking? Yeah, but now I'm very much intrigued. Okay, well, by, by 120s of Sodom or Serbian film? Both. Oh. All, all it tells you that one movie has the word Sodom in it. You know what happens in Sodom? Sodomy. It, it Antichrist and we're talking, is this is a bad movie? <laughs> okay. Antichrist is it's it's a it's little very artsy. it's better than those two. Probably. But it's still pretty fucked up. Is it like shock messed up? It's is shock. It like, oh Shit's very shocking. Yeah, bro, she it, crushes Willem Dafoe's Okay, balls. all right. Spoilers. That's not a sp- if, if, <laughs> if that's your type of movie, then I I would recommend uh, Funny Games. Like that's actually that's just a good genuinely one, yeah. a good movie. Um, it's definitely disturbing, mm-hmm. but it's not so much in shock. It's just like, it's kind of like the strange is that idea of like, it could happen to anybody, but the way it's played out is so it is disturbing the way it's played out, but it's also very playful in a messed up way. Yeah. This if you've seen it, games. you know, the same funny games is there's, a, there's a yeah. plot to it. It's not gross. You have to just for the sake of it. Yeah. It's a but very, there's a very yeah, there's a very famous scene with a remote control. I won't spoil it. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And that's what I mean. It's it's disturbing in a humorous way while still being like, uh, I'm uncomfortable. Okay. Movie that but, you think is underappreciated? Um, I would say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go out very unknown. Uh, Annie, not the, the one with, uh, Anne Bancroft. Was it? Um, it's the you, it's the 99 Disney TV movie of Annie with mm-hmm. Rob Marshall directing it and Kathy Bates as Miss Hannigan. Okay. It I don't know why <laughs> this movie wasn't popular. Uh I might be biased cuz I grew up with it, but it's it's just a solid solid musical. It's one of my f- absolute favorites. It it's small scale. It's definitely it definitely shows its budget at times. Uh-huh. But it's uh, so much what, better than it deserves to be. One? Oh, I see yeah. it here. Yeah, no, there you go. No, wonderful, wonderful world of Disney. Yeah. Okay. It's. I think I it's saw this weird, as a kid. It's the best renditions of all the songs, uh, ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the the scale of it for being so small budget, um, and a TV movie is theatrical to a T. Um, it's one of those TV movies where if it played in theaters, nobody would know the difference. Right, um, and the way the set design is, it definitely feels like a movie filmed in the era that it takes place in. Interesting. Um, and then Rob Marshall's follow-up movie was Best Picture winner Chicago. Oh, okay. So, also, plus um, Kathy Bates. Yeah, Kathy Bates. Fair enough. It can never go wrong. We should do a um, episode about TV movies because that is a a type of movie that is long gone. Or I guess you could just say Netflix movies, yeah, practically yeah. TV Hulu movies, originals. And yeah, stuff like that that's almost that TV movies, but you know, yeah, that's that's interesting. Ah, that brings me back because I remember like, uh, um, like the Cinderella one with Brandy, right? The, you was it like two thousand four or something? Yeah, like it that? was, yeah, maybe yeah. even earlier. Or, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Then uh, I remember one. There was a Hunchback at Notre 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 Dame one with um, Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Okay. I didn't realize that that Cinderella was a TV movie. It was, yeah, TV movie. Yeah, it was I a don't big think event. I even know what you guys are talking about. There's a TV <laughs> movie with Brandy, and it was like 
I think she, if, she you, if you want to... I know uh, a lot of girls named Brandy. No, I think it was just that's her Brandy stage Love. name. Like, that's her, like, she's <laughs> oh, an artist. <laughs> not that kind of stage <laughs> name. Not that kind of stage <laughs> name. But uh, I think Whoopi Goldberg was in it. Uh, you all knew who Brandy yeah, Love was. That's all on yeah, you guys. Yeah, all yeah, knew. Okay. It had a, uh, yeah, it was um, Whoopi Goldberg was the queen. Oh. The, some white guy was the king, and the prince was Asian. Oh, this was 97, so, it said. It yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now that I see the uh, photo for it, yeah. That's with Jason Alexander. Yeah, Jason Alexander was in it. Yes, oh. he was in and it. And Victor Garber, who yeah. was also in Annie. <laughs> yep, and he was also an alias. Oh, Whitney Houston was in it? Oh, yeah, Whitney Houston was in it. What yeah, did maybe I, say? I should watch it. Yeah, you should see it. No, you should definitely see it. If you like that, yeah, you should definitely see it. Costanza, bro. Costanza. That's all you need to see it for. <laughs> Does he have his chair I, in I the just... Cinderella movie with the root beer and everything? Oh, I remember. Now I'm, I feel like I'm like chopping off... Uh, Nostalgia nugget because I remember him getting real frustrated when he's putting the slippers on. He's like, ah, ah. it was great. Yeah, he gets real flustered when he's really like wish. trying to fit these slippers on all the women, all the princesses. I wish there was video of you doing that sound because it was. was kind of funny. It's <laughs> yeah. enacting that. Hey, Jerry. All right, uh, movie that you love. Um, so this isn't in my top ten, but that's because I talk about my top ten too much, probably. Uh, the apartment. With uh, it's okay. a Billy Wilder film with yeah. Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Have you guys seen that? I have not. I've not, but uh, ex-host Adam saw that fairly recently and said it was very good. I I was surprised by this. Like, um, I, I mean, I'm a sucker for romance movies. I love uh-huh. Audrey Hepburn. Uh, what happened one night is one of my favorites. When Harry Met Sally, that's my top ten. I could watch that on repeat. Um, but the apartment really caught me off guard. My brother recommended it. Um, and I liked the cast. Um. I liked the cast. Yeah. And then I watched it and it caught me so off guard. Um, Jack Lemon's performance, like everything he does is just so, it's so charming in such a, a friendly way. It's not a romantic way. It's just like a grab a beer with him friendly kind of way. Yeah. But there's still so much romance in that. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't want to go to a bar with him because I'm engaged. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, but no, it's it's a it's a beautiful story. It's this guy who uh, he rents out his apartments to his apartment to his higher ups so they can have affairs while he gets brownie points with them and will hopefully get a promotion. Um, but then, right before he's about to finally get that big promotion, the one last obstacle is one of his higher ups is having an affair with the girl he's in love with, uh, and she doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gets stuck at his apartment after an accident and it's this slow budding romance and him trying to navigate between his job and his love life um, while keeping everybody happy. Um, it's, it's really just a movie of incredible dialogue and scenes of people being people. I kind of love that stuff. Mm-hmm. It like, still holds up from being in 1960. Yeah. I, I've heard, and yeah, like, isn't the dialogue supposed to be really good? I don't know if you mentioned it's that. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, like it's. Uh, I remember it's watching. Um, I remember watching. Uh, um, Rosemary's Baby, and, and being like, "Holy crap!" Like the way they talk does not sound like a movie from the 19s. It sounds like a movie from today. Like how they talk, the, the conversations is similar. Yeah, it's one of those movies. Billy Wilder uh, had an incredible talent for like final gut punches of mm-hmm. emotion, whether that's you know emotion romance wise or comedy wise. Usually it's comedy. Uh, he was the best with that. So like uh, some like it hot had, in my opinion, the mm-hmm. greatest final line mm-hmm. in any movie ever. Um, but this one too, it it's a final closing line of mixing great comedy and humor together that leaves you thinking about it afterwards and maybe that line alone is why i love the movie so much but it's it's it knows exactly when to end the exact right uh beat to end it on um and makes you fall in, like if you hadn't watched the rest of the movie and you just watched that one scene you would be in love with everybody involved nice i need to i need to watch that yeah um, what's a movie that you can watch over and over? Um, movie I can watch over, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. Uh, again, I, I just watched that again the other night. Addicting. Yeah. Um, it, if it's I on, I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop down and watch this. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's a movie. I, I think I started to appreciate movies that 
didn't have to have these big character moments where they discover that they're you know it was like kind of accepting your family and loving them for who they are like i, I appreciate that with it you know well it's also one of those movies it's kind of like the apartment where it's 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 a dialogue driven movie yeah um it's like there's definitely a lot of plot there but what's getting you engaged isn't the isn't the comedy which it's it's full of full of great comedy but it's just the way the writing of it, the way p- people are interacting and growing with each other, the very human moments, especially the one of uh, Robert De Niro coming up and talking to Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to watch this game with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene, it's it's so, so real to what I think a lot of yeah. you know, fathers and sons go through. And uh, like, that's the only way not, he knows to connect with his son is through yeah yeah and it's understandable it's 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 just a football game yeah i'm not one for sports in the slightest but you the way it's acted and the way they carry the dialogue it makes a football game genuinely feel like the end of the world if bradley cooper misses it Mm -hmm. that is the average philadelphia eagle fan i'm just gonna tell you that right now (laughs) yeah that's what i did not like about the movie when i was in philly last season that that is every philadelphia eagle fan too i didn't like that the cowboys lost at the end that was that was not great yeah that wasn't cool for us that wasn't great no only downside of the the movie yeah, the, the the bit at the beginning though, where they're arguing what's uh, who America's team is. It's what's yeah. more American than Cowboys? Benjamin Franklin. Is more <laughs> <American>. <laughs> that is true. Uh, movie. But everyone wants to be a cowboy. No one no, wants to be. Ben no, Franklin. not anymore. It's been twenty something years. <laughs> I'm not talking about football. Like oh, America oh, oh, wise, oh, oh, a cowboy, would you rather cowboy. be Ben Franklin or a cowboy? I, and dude, I'd ben be... Franklin got a lot of women. Dude. Yeah, well, was he riding a horse shooting people in the desert? No, I, that's the American dream I guess right so, there. Yeah. Uh, what movie made you fall in love with movies? Um, again, not a single movie. I'm just gonna say George Lucas. Okay, and that kind of um, okay, yeah, yeah. My sure. uh, my dad raised me on the pop, you know, the pop films of his era, mm-hmm. and that was George Lucas. It was first. Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Yeah, um, those are the movies I watched more than, except for Temple of Doom. I was too scared. Um, <laughs> those are the movies I watched more than anything else. And if it wasn't for that, um, and not just those movies, but the fact that it was my dad sure. sharing them because he loved them so much, I never would have gotten into film. Mm-hmm. Did you? Uh, you need to watch. I know it's not Lucas, but uh, you know Indiana Jones, uh, the Spielberg documentary on HBO. Uh, I just watched that recently. Uh, and it's really good. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. And it, it, I didn't even know there was one. Oh yeah, yeah. It's on HBO Max, and uh, it's it's about if you've it kind of covers everything that happens in the Fablemans, but like it it's really good. Uh, give that a give that a watch because it definitely goes into like Luke. I mean George Lucas is heavily involved. You know they're all friends. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really good. Uh, speaking of directors, what is your favorite director? Or movie by, director, one, right? movie by your favorite oh, director. Movie by your favorite. You said, yeah. Um, movie by my favorite director, uh, the Spider-Man trilogy. Right, right. <laughs> obviously, um, it's it's all same But I I would like to actually merge this. I don't want to okay. come down, but go ahead. Uh, merge this with a uh, a movie that surprised all right, me. Yeah. Because because we've already gone through Spider-Man. Um, yeah. but he has Sam Raimi has one movie that's really gone under the radar, but it's one of the his best. Uh, for love of the game. Okay, yeah. Have you guys seen that one? I have not, no. No. So so that's kind of one of those uh, Forrest Gump, Slumdog Millionaire movies where it's like they're right in the moment and looking back on their life kind of things. Um, and like I said, I'm not into – I'm not really a sports guy. Mm-hmm. It's a movie about baseball. Oh, yes, like, I uh, remember this one now because yeah. I was like – I forgot Kevin Costner did so many baseball movies so they almost all yeah. run together. Yeah. He was a baseball boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it was one of those movies where, like, I I was enjoying it, and I didn't realize how invested I had been. Like, I didn't realize by the the eighth in, the seventh or eighth inning that I was on the edge of my seat, praying that it would be a perfect game, forgetting I was watching a movie. Um, it was something that really snuck up on me, and I was absolutely in love with. So, those baseball which is the best movies thing have a way of do. doing that, don't they? Like even Trouble yeah, with the Curve the by Clint Eastwood was like really good at doing that as well. Yeah, it's I think it's just something about base, you know, because I've 
growing up, I was not into sports, but I always like baseball and baseball movies. It just felt like it was a piece of America, you know, almost, or a piece of like our history. Well, and they're always a lot more story driven than yeah. just being besides yeah. the game. Right. Like sometimes well, the game really isn't even the main part of the like movie or story. And I, I also think I think sports movies are better when it's a single like like you know i think uh boxing movies are always good because it's about one person's struggle and baseball of the team sports is the most single individual individual sport you know so i think honestly the best baseball movie is the sandlot Uh uh-huh and there's very little baseball in it it's kind of like uh spider-man 2 for action movies it's but it's because of you know the characters that follows that even though baseball takes up not the most screen time, it captures the whole spirit of baseball and being a baseball fan and like putting you in the mindset of those kids that that's their whole life. And everything they do, even when it's not baseball, has that energy to it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so even the, uh, somehow the, the, the carnival scene has the same energy level and spirit of the scenes of them playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just the fact that the uh, the insult scene makes it one of the greatest movies ever made uh, helps a lot. Did you like uh, Moneyball? I thought that was really good at capturing the spirit of baseball without barely showing any of the games. I, I watched that when I was way too young. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't understand it, but I would like to revisit it. I'd say it's worth revisiting. It's probably in my top ten. I think it's very, very good. Uh-huh. So, I, I not, not to... To stay on this topic for too long, but I do have a question for you. You know, talking about both Kevin Costner and baseball movies, it's like widely accepted that Bull Durham is like the best baseball movie ever. And I, about sex, I yeah, I didn't movie. like it. I'm curious if you've seen it and if you did, if you liked it or not. Uh, I have not yet. Okay, no. it's I, it's uh, it's it keeps popping up on IMDb as recommended for me. But I was like, I saw Love for Love of the Game. I don't need another one. You've seen enough of Kevin Costner on a baseball diamond. (laughs) Bull Durham is nine and a half weeks and baseball mixed in together in the background, essentially. Yeah, there's very little baseball in that movie. It is 99% about sex. Oh, well, never mind. I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's clear your schedule, buddy. (laughs) You're watching that tonight. (laughs) Movie movie that's your guilty pleasure. Mamma Mia. Okay. Okay. Have you seen Mamma Mia? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can understand. It's fun. I uh, the Turn first time I off. saw it. Well, not even I. So the first time I <laughs> no, saw like it, my brother came over. Um, he's laughing we, at me over here. That's fine. Um, I I never seen it, but my brother had, and he loved the music. So he came over. I bought the Blu-ray, and he made uh some Moscow Mules. Nice. Um, and I knew like two or three of the songs from it, um, but I had never seen it before, so. We got hammered, watched it, had an amazing time jamming out to all the songs we didn't know the words to, um, except for Mamma Mia, uh, that song. And it was probably my most watched movie of the last two years. Because <laughs> that's that's where I go to. If I need something in the background, I put on Mamma Mia. Because uh, it's Pierce terrible. I, I don't get, mind his singing in like it. You get Pierce Brosnan in it, too. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like James Bond's in here singing in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it, it's just so ridiculous. The whole premise, like the premise is insane. It's not like far fetched, but just the way they handle the premise. Like there's the scene where Meryl Street's crying because she like, oh no, her past caught up to her. And she's like, I actually have to be responsible for my mistakes and sleeping around with a bunch of guys. Yeah. Hacksaw um, Ridge is more believable than Mama Mia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but there's that scene, and then all the friends are like, "No, there's nothing wrong with you." Like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have slept with three guys back to back, and then never told your daughter about it. Hindsight's twenty twenty, man. Yeah, but it's it's a very silly. I do love the energy because it feels like all the actors, well, actresses, are, are hammered the whole time they made it. <laughs> so I do love that. The energy they bring is fantastic. Let's go to Greece. You know, it's all the it's like and drink some wine. Yeah, like oh, so press wouldn't play, buddy. That hit, hit that record button. See what happens. We'll throw some ammo yeah. in there. Two more questions for you: movie that you should have seen by now. Um, that should have seen by now. The Goonies. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think you should. Yeah, but Blake is in <laughs> Blake shock is in right trial. now. This is a gap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it was funny because uh, I picked it up a, f- uh, a few months ago. I got the 4K, mm-hmm. and I made a post like. 
these are some movies I picked up. The Goonies, I'm very excited to see them for the first time. And I got like three, four hundred views on it. And then Jesse, Movie Nerd 4, he stitched it uh-huh. to call me out, kind of, like jokingly call <laughs> yeah. me out. But that one, because it's Jesse, it blew up. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody then was like, oh my God, this guy, he calls himself a, a movie nerd. Oh. He calls himself He's never seen like, the Goonies. I, I hate that because then it, 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 it will all uh, inevitably make you like the movie less. When people are like, I can't believe you haven't seen it. How could you be a movie guy? Yeah, it's so dumb. Well, because the thing see- is, like, I have watched it. Okay. But in the way where it was, like, it was on in the background. Right, I wasn't paying attention. yeah. You've seen clips, um, you know. Yeah. So I will watch it. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. It, it um, was one of those, like, it just sparked my imagination as a kid. Yeah. It, one well, of those it's, kind it's of Richard Donner. Yeah. So, and I, I love The Lost Boys. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Superman, but it has that great, you know, fantastical feel to it that yeah. i could definitely acknowledge as being something that i understand why anybody would love this oh yeah yeah one of my favorites for sure um yeah can't wait to hear your opinion on it uh finally what uh is your greatest movie theater experience avatar the first one and yeah yep the first one um and this is a bit of a i'll, I'll try to not take up too much time with it but it's it's very important to me um as I said, my dad raised me on movies, mm-hmm. uh, mostly George Lucas stuff, but a big part of it too was James Cameron movies, uh, especially you know Terminator and Aliens, True Lies. I was obsessed with as a kid, uh, and Titanic of all movies. Um, Did you have the double VHS? I do now. <laughs> yes, my grandparents had that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I got the DVD for my birthday one year, and that was a movie I did watch on repeat. Uh huh. Um, but uh, so after his like. 10 year hiatus and avatar is finally coming out and all the hype was behind it like he worked for so long on this and the effects would blow everything out of the water i was so hyped and i was a james cameron nerd so i was like of course i have to see this and my dad just did not care for it um he refused to to see it he didn't want to go he wouldn't take me but i was i don't know i was like 12 i didn't have any other way to go to the movies mm-hmm. um and for the first month it was out, it was the biggest thing ever. I already broke all the records. Um, and I didn't know how long movies stayed in theaters for. So I was like, it's been a month. It's going to be pulled out. I'm never going to see it. Um, so one night, I uh, I was at a Boy Scout merit badge thing. I was getting my swimming merit badge, and I, I just sucked. Uh, I had no motivation. So my dad told me, like, if you get this merit badge tonight, I'll take you to see Avatar. Finished 10 minutes later. <laughs> um Two weeks go by, not a word, until my sister berated my dad. Like, you told him you were going to take him to see it, and you, you lied to him. And my dad's like, fine, finally. Another two weeks go by, because I didn't want to push it. I didn't want to be a, a yeah. needy kid. Thank God um, this movie blew up since it was in theater for so long. <laughs> you never yeah. saw it. Well, that was the thing. So one day my dad's like, hey, I'm going to pick you up after school. I didn't know what was going on, but he did, and he took me to the movies. And for two and a half hours, we were like the third row all the way up against the wall, super uncomfortable, but I, I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And when it, when it ended, all my dad did was complain. <laughs> like, Oh, Jake Sully is such a terrible character. And like how, like it was so, it was too long and too boring. And Jake's just the worst, blah, 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 all this Marine stuff. Uh, but I was like, I don't care. I had a great time. You're not going to ruin this for me. <laughs> and that was that we kind of didn't talk about the movie itself. Cause I didn't want to hear his negativity. But then on the way home, um, he he told me, he's like, you know, when Star Wars came out, that was the coolest movie ever. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved that. Everybody was seeing it. My, my brother saw it, uh, and he didn't take me, but he would tell me how great it was. And I couldn't go because I was too young to go by myself, and my dad did not care about those movies. But three months later, he finally took me to see it. And it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And it took a minute for that to click. Mm -hmm. But I was like, wait a second. I just got to share an emotional experience that my dad did with his dad through this movie. I got to know my dad a little bit better through that and what his relationship was like with his own. So nothing was ever going to beat that moment. Mm -hmm. 
Also, he didn't get up and leave. You know, he stayed for the whole thing, even though he didn't yeah. like it. You know, got to respect that. That's a it's a really yeah. cool story. Yeah, it shows you kind of the the power of movies and not to sound hokey, but movies and family no. and sharing it with people. Family. You know, yeah, okay, but that's exactly family. it, Tom though. Toretto. Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly it. Though that's why I love like film is my favorite art form because mm-hmm. it has that power more than anything else. Yeah. Speaking um, of uh, Avatar, did you see the? Uh... Soldier Avatar, the Navi, and the second one with the sunglasses and the buzz cut. I I did. That dude's funny. I can't, Where were you I, on January sixth? I can't stop laughing at it. I love the, it. The things about Turn that. Off your body I, cam. Something I really appreciated because I noticed with the first one on rewatch before Avatar two came out was like, this is such a two thousand nine movie. Uh huh. Um, the way the Marines act and dress, oh, and, yeah. like, their tattoos and everything. It's so 2009. It sounds like uh, Call of, like Halo or Call of Duty. They're all saying the same. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like, yeah, very that time. But then Avatar 2, it sticks with it. I know. It's just a, it's, it's still just 2009 Marines. It's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's not so 12 years later. I kind later. of appreciated that. <laughs> oh, 100%. No, it, it's, it's not 2022 Marines. It's in that world following up that. <laughs> It was kind of weird that the the Navi versions of the Marines had their tattoos just <laughs> built into them. Yeah, but it's like whatever. Like the biggest Oakleys they've yeah. ever made, like old tactical Oakleys. Yeah. James Cameron, out of his movies, he's known for not having the greatest um, love for the military. Uh, I mean, you can kind of see in all his movies, it's always the the military guys that get wiped mm. out first uh, for going in too hot and heavy. Um, but he definitely knows how to portray realistic marines and and service members in that aesthetic so kudos to him for that well andrew thank you so much for coming on man i think we'll do the john wick stuff next week we'll talk about john wick we'll talk some news and stuff because this has been a great interview and want to get you on sometime you know definitely talk about other movies and other stuff we'll get john whenever you see goonies and we'll, yeah we'll have a that. big conversation <laughs> we'll you, uh, i'll keep you updated yeah a little homework no, I, assignment there yeah uh, I, I had a great time this was a lot yeah. Of fun. yeah man well where can uh people find you andrew so you Where's can your find home address me? yes home address <laughs> I'll, I'll give my p.o box not my home address. uh Curry has my home address he's welcome anytime oh thank you um no uh so you can find me uh on instagram twitter and tiktok av collecting uh on youtube as the valenza collection i wish i had more time to work on that but there's maybe two or three good videos you you have some good videos on there like a a really good one about the store that you worked at uh your video store so that that was really good that uh you should check out appreciate that uh yeah so that's uh again thank you guys for having me on this is a lot of fun um yeah yeah thanks again man and let's do it again sometime yeah av collecting um uh, go follow him on Instagram or TikTok. I'm doing it right now. Do it right now. That's uh, it's Andrew Valenza. Thank you so much, Andrew, and uh, thank you, Blake and Jay. And uh, we'll be back next week with some John Wick and some other um, kind of our normal programming. But this has been awesome. We gotta do more of these again and, and have Andrew on more. So, all right, we'll see you guys next week. All right, take care, everybody. And more next time on Super Films Cast sixty four.